All right. What up, everybody? It's early as shit. We're uh, we're trying to set new records for the earliest the podcast could ever be recorded. But, uh, you know, we are brimming with energy and good tidings and, uh, <laughs> and, and maybe some angry tidings as well. Uh, we're going to be talking about, obviously, the season finale of Secret Invasion. But we got a little bit of news. We got some Invincible news. It's very exciting. We got She-Hulk, Loki Season 2, the Fantastic Four, and... Apparently, the uh, Secret Invasion director has been dropping some comments that uh, are going to add context to uh, this whole kerfuffle of a show that we may or may not have differing opinions on. So get ready. Get psyched. It's the Infinity Watch Podcast. Welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. I don't know what Eric's talking about. It's four in the afternoon right now. <laughs> it's, it's almost dinner time. No, it is early. I my name is Tommy, and I am here with my very energetic for this time of the morning co-host, Eric. Yeah, I'm uh, hashtag not sponsored, but I slammed an Alani new this morning energy drink. So can I give everyone a glimpse into my personal life for just a moment um i love a chai tea latte i make them at my house it's just mix and milk so don't think i'm some pretentious person i just don't like coffee that's just the way i am right now there is i used to get it from costco right super easy it's cheap you know you get like all these little containers of it and now there's like a shortage and they're not selling it there and so i'm almost out of that but that's not even my problem. I drank up all my milk and I forgot to buy some more. Oh, no. So I have no caffeine right now. And so it's just oh, going to be full on rage, which goes in line with this episode. It'll be great. Huh, maybe. Well, The real question is, uh, we forgot to announce one thing, too. I think we were going to talk about Oppenheimer briefly. Very yes. Briefly. Yes. I'm not sure when you wanted to do that, but uh, let's, somehow. Let's do it right now. Boom. Okay. Oh. Okay. Let's drop okay. the. Bo- oh, that's uh, sorry. Uh, bad. <laughs> no, let's drop. Bad it. transition. Let's drop. Oppenheimer. It. So you saw it this past weekend, huh? I did somehow. I, uh, you know, it was one of those things where. Wait a second. You went to the movie theater. Yeah, that's willingly. The, that's, that's the thing. Not only that. Well, not only did I go to the movie theater. I went to the movie theater to see a three-hour-long movie that started at 8.30, which was insane. At night? At night. What time did you get home? Midnight. Jeez. And I went to um, around here. This is going to have no relevance for anyone who doesn't live in Michigan, but I went to AMC 30 on Hall Road, which is a theater that has not been updated in decades. This just in, Eric now has bed bugs. No, for real, for real. Like this is, I mean, no like reclining seats at all. Can you even like reserve seats? You can reserve seats, but 
When I walked in, there was like nothing playing on the screen, which is the first time I, that has happened in like many, many years. Like there was no ads. There were no trailers. It was just the screen was off. And then the second it turned 830, this, everything started. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? I just looked it up. That theater opened in 1999. And that was the last time anything has been done to it. Was yes. 1999. No, like literally, though. Oh, man. <laughs> it was really cool when it first opened. Yeah. But that I was bet. 25 years ago. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, I got invited. I was like, sure. I'm interested in Oppenheimer. I'm not going to, I don't want to be that guy to be like, well, I'd love to go, but <laughs> could we go? <laughs> could we go at 10 a.m.? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, because it was it was it was like a group of people. Um. So yeah, and to be honest, it was kind like an element of that was almost like nostalgic. It's like, oh my god, I gotta sit straight up for three fucking hours watching this tiny screen. Yeah, the theater like <laughs> closer to both of us has recliners that like cool or heat, <laughs> like mm-hmm. very fancy, full on food, super nice. Yeah. AMC Forum 30. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you saw it. Uh, yes. Broad strokes. What What did you think? What did you feel? I, so in general, I like Christopher Nolan, but I think he's like a little bit overrated, but not in the way where like, I think he's bad. I think he's good. I just definitely think definitely has some duds. He definitely has duds, and I think people just dick ride Christopher Nolan to an unfathomable extent. Um, now, for this movie, I, I I would say for the most part, I really loved it, but the last 45 minutes of the movie should not have been a part of the movie. I think that movie would have been perfect if it was like 45 minutes short, shorter. Interesting. Um, but all like... The entire movie up to the bomb going off and even a little bit after that, I thought was like fantastic. I fucking I really, really loved it. I also do have a little bit of interest. I would say I have more interest than the average person in um, just like nuclear bombs and like uh, Whoa. Yeah. Um, just yeah. from a historical perspective for those listening yeah well i a couple years ago i listened to this really great agencies yeah. <laughs> a couple of years ago i listened to this really great podcast it's called hardcore history and the episode is called um the destroyer of worlds and it's like a seven hour long podcast just about the cold war and like the nuclear bombs and that kind of uh really changed my thinking about a lot of it. And so since then, I've just been, anytime I see anything about like nuclear bombs or war or whatever, I uh, I, I try to read it because it's just like a, an interesting, it's interesting to me that we in 2023 live in a world where less than 10 people could decide to destroy the world, the entire world, yep. in one second with zero effort. And, and we all just act like that's not a thing. But mm-hmm. it is a thing. Like, as much as you don't want to think about it, 
there's no like nothing I just said is anywhere close to the realm of a conspiracy theory. Like that is verifiable, factual information that is real. Like we all have nukes pointed at our head at every second of every day you have for your entire life. Probably how if many, you're listening to this podcast, how many nuclear warheads do you think there are on the planet Earth? I think it's somewhere in um, like thousands, right? Over 12,000. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. And now a lot of those are like what are called tactical nukes, which are, you know, quote unquote smaller, which is like when you're talking about a nuke, it's like, yeah, sure. Small isn't really very small, but like a lot of them, maybe not a lot of them, but I know a couple of them are like uh, for sure world enders. It, it would take um, like less than a hundred big big ones because there's obviously like you were saying different sizes like of the big ones it would probably just take like 10 in the tens yeah to to destroy the entire planet yeah it's it's crazy that they are allowed to exist now however i do think like there's a contingent of people and i'm interested to hear what you think about this we don't have to get super crazy into this but there are definitely split opinions on whether or not Oppenheimer is like um as a man was like absolute satan incarnate and ruined the world or if he was a hero and saved the world i come down more on the side of i think nukes are horrible and I wish they didn't exist, but if the Nazis had produced a nuclear weapon before J. Robert Oppenheimer did, I think the world would be a much different and worse place. So I come down on the side that I do kind of think he's a hero, despite the fact that he was an objectively bad person and... Uh, is he though? That's the real question. Yes, yes. Well, uh, uh, assuming that movie w- had any basis in in fact, which I think it mostly did. Yeah, I would say he's a bad person. But I think he did. What um, does it mean to be bad? I mean to carry welcome, on like multiple affairs. Welcome to the philosophy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think I think. Um, yeah, I think you just can't. Uh, can't cheat on your wife that many times for that many years uh and and be a good a good person but i i tend to think that uh he probably was a hero and probably did despite the fact that he brought this thing into the world it was already going to be brought into the world and the fact that he did it first um probably did save uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of lives in the grand scheme of things. Uh, you, what are your thoughts on that? So here's here's I'm going to answer. I'm going to I'm going to answer your question, and then I'm going to give my quick thoughts on the movie. Yeah, and yeah. We'll come full circle. Yeah. Um, the thing about like catastrophe or tragedies is when they're avoided, no one will ever know 
what yep. could have happened. Yep, right? yep, and yep. so for every shooting or attack of some sort that doesn't happen, you never get the positive feelings that would equal the weight of the negative feelings of those yes. things happening. Um, I personally think J. Robert Oppenheimer was a very complex person, like all people are, course, especially sure. when you are that intelligent. And I think that people definitely contain multitudes when it comes to stuff like that. Obviously, this was a long time ago, and the dude was was just crazy. He was a crazy mind to be able to to even understand half of those concepts. Um, to me, it's just like a simple question of like technology, you know, and science um, growing and becoming more better understood. Someone was going to develop an atomic bomb yes and once they did everyone else mostly would as well that is just a matter of people understanding science at a certain point you know it, it's kind of like who was the first person to invent the automobile or you know who was the first person to invent a plane then once once that science is understood then basically everyone else can do the same thing yeah so from the perspective of you know is j robert oppenheimer like the bane of all existence. I would say that that is a very naive point of view. That's my opinion. I would, I would agree. Um, the moment nuclear bombs are, are understood by even a few people, you know, you, you can't, the cat's out of the bag and it was going to be out of the bag anyways. And I think if, if the Axis powers had nuclear weapons before us, I don't know if we'd be sitting here. Yeah. At all. Literally, but no one ever knows. Um, you know, I, th- I think that whole situation is really tough because there's a lot of different angles of it, but it was obviously a difficult time that almost happened. It's coming up on 90 years, you know, it's getting close. It's at least like 70, 80 years. Um, but in terms of the, like the movie, you know, I don't know if I told you this, but there's a couple, I went with, uh, my buddy Kyle, we saw Oppenheimer, then Barbie in the same. Yeah. Night. Yeah and um that would have that would have killed me <laughs> dude it was i i love a double fee i just love movies i can sit through movies all day i could watch four movies in a day and i'd be fine um but it was a wild double feature um there was <laughs> yeah, a couple next to us a guy and a girl that were watching oppenheimer and they left like 40 minutes in <laughs> they just left um, I think a lot of people, and and I will agree with you to an extent that I think the end of the movie was a little too long. Though um, I use Letterboxd, which is an app for like rating movies, and that has a scale of five stars. I still gave that movie four and a half. I think. Um, I think a lot of people thought the movie was atomic bomb. The movie, but yeah, it is I, yeah. Oppenheimer. And, yeah. I, and I think they did a really good job of making me feel, at least this is how I took it, making me feel how I think he was probably feeling. Because to me, you had all this time building up to the Trinity bomb test, which is the first atomic bomb test that they did. And it's just like climax, climax, growing, growing, growing. You're, you're going up and then like the bomb goes off and it's just like this moment where like this thing finally happens and you feel all this stuff. And then 
you kind of feel like the dread that J. Robert Oppenheimer was feeling from it. But then like the rest of the movie is just like political bullshit. And I actually think that part of that, like I kind of get why Christopher Nolan included it because it's like this man just gave you the keys to planet earth. Yeah. And all you did was just try to destroy him. Yeah. And like, I feel like they really like ground that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's not a good capitalist. Just so stupid. And so it's like, from that perspective, it's like, like, I feel like we went through what he went through and it was so frustrating at some points. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say it was almost, um, everything I wanted to be, but I'd say it was like four and a half stars out of five for me. If I had to go on our scale, I'd give it like a super solid five out of six. I would, I would too. When I, um, I, like, I really liked it. Like, I, I just think that last part was just like too long. I mean, by that, it's a long movie. It and is, and yeah. by that point, I was just like ready for it for it to be done but i i mean i still loved it like the one of the one of the guys i went with was like no comments just a number what would you rate it out of 10 and i just my gut i rated it 8.8 so very similar to you um yeah if i did do solid numbers i'd probably do a 9 out of 10 yep um i actually found the first 45 minutes or so probably the slowest for me after the trinity test it just blew by whoa i wow i'm the exact opposite and ever um, since then, I've just been thinking about it. And that, to me, is the sign of a, of a great film, is if I'm thinking about it for a while. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've been thinking about the, the scene of the bomb a lot. I thought it was, it was very... I'm just a sucker for things that should be loud that go silent. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that fucking scene in um, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, with the, uh, the ship. Just oh, that was like, fucking sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that the was light just speed an speed am- ship into the ship. Oh, amazing bit of sound design. And then same deal here with the bombs. Like, you're expecting this huge blast, and you just hear breathing. And, uh, like, my theater was silent yes, during yes. that scene. Like, whew, what a what a moment. What an experience. There's so many people, though, that I think they're, they just wanted, like, crazy boom, boom. Let me just show atomic bomb. Then there's people saying, why didn't you show them bombing uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki? I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> like, yeah, what do you like, like murder porn? It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Absolutely yeah. cra- That's not what the movie is about. No, and plus, like, the whole movie is about Oppenheimer from his perspective, or mostly from his perspective, and, like, Oppenheimer clearly did not think about ever how this, it seemed like he didn't think about how it was going to be used, he just thought about, let's make this, and actually, one of my favorite scenes was him and Truman, um, and and he's like, I feel I have blood on my hands. And Truman's like, they're not going to remember the guy who made it. They're going to remember the guy who used it. And that's me. And then he's and then he's just like, get this pussy out of here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Us. Seriously, though. Which, and that was uh, that was who is it? Uh, um, that was a really yeah, big actor. Hold on. Yeah. It, 
it's slipping my time. Gary Oldman. He just like pops up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many big actors that just showed up for like yeah. five minutes. And they killed it. They all killed it. There was, let's see, let's go through the list. Okay, so we got Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Casey Affleck, Rami Malek, Kenneth Branagh. We have Jack Quaid. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else. Han Gary Solo Oldman. popped up for a second. What's Did he really? Oh, yeah. He, Alden he's uh, the, Aaron yeah, Reich or whatever. I'll, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't even realize that was him. Yeah, oh, my God. Him. Yeah, that was he's, him. He's the assistant to uh, RDJ. Jason Clark was <laughs> in a bunch of scenes. Uh, it was just like people would show up and then they'd be in the movie for just like these little bits. And you're like, oh, my God. Like James Darcy, who plays uh, Jarvis. Was oh, in it. Yeah. Uh, it was just wild how many people. Albert showed. Einstein himself was yeah. plucked from the past. He came back from time, <laughs> yeah. It's got to be in my friend J. Robert Oppenheimer's film. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was. Uh, I can't wait to watch it again. I really just can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, it was really, it was uh, really good. I, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's definitely. It's been a while since I've seen a movie that was so, like. It it wasn't a romp in any way. Cinematic. It was like, yeah, yeah, it was very, very cinematic, um, in in like a a good way. And I am glad that Nolan didn't Nolanize it somehow. And like in the last, I'm glad that the last forty five minutes of the movie I was just a little bored by, and it wasn't like, and also time travel and the power of love. <laughs> You hate Interstellar, huh? I fucking hate. I I loved Interstellar until the last half an hour, and then it becomes the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but and and Nolan does that in a lot of movies. It's just like throws a weird element in there. Um, but he didn't. He didn't for this one, which I think is good because this is a movie about a real person in real history. Uh, what is your favorite Christopher Nolan movie? The Prestige. It's fair. It's, it's a good choice. It's, uh, yeah, I, I like that one a lot. What's yours? I consider Inception to be a perfect movie. Okay. I, Inception's I, really good. I like, like Inception. I, the moment I saw that movie, uh, I was blown away. And then I've watched it several times. I watched it uh, inebriated like six months ago, eight months yeah. ago, something like that. And... It Just was mind blowing, amazing. <laughs> I hadn't watched it for like a couple of years, and I watched it just by myself, and it was an amazing night. I just thought it was great, but but at the same time, like I watched Tenet finally like last year or something like that. Maybe not even. It was probably around the same time, and it's like that movie. You could tell like there's an idea there that's interesting, but it was shit. Yeah. And it just didn't, it felt half-baked, which was disappointing. But I like Dunkirk. I watched that really late after release. And that's like a really good war movie with like very little dialogue whatsoever. Um, but I still ended up liking it. Um, but yeah, I think obviously his Batman films are good with a, with the exception of The Dark Knight Rises. I yep. think that movie is garbage. I really enjoy Interstellar, but I don't watch it very often. It's very long. Um, but it doesn't feel like it earns it as much um but yeah definitely inception is pretty great 
Good choice. Good choice. I like Inception. And I like Christopher Nolan. Like, I he just feel like he's a little. Up, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at his filmography, and obviously you have like his early films, Memento and Insomnia and the Batman trilogy. I'd say Prestige yep, yep. and and Inception are probably like the two shining stars. But then yeah. Interstellar, Dunkirk, Oppenheimer, like also fantastic films. So. Yeah, and Memento, like there are a lot of people who would probably say Memento is like his best one or their favorite one, and that's I feel like that's valid. But um, my brother would probably say that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I bet he would. But I he would. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would just say more times than not, his films are going to be better than bad. You know what I mean? And so yeah, I'll take or at that the very least, yeah. Or at the very least, 90% of them will be good. Like 90% of the length of that individual movie will be good. And there will be 10% of just bullshittery, which is just Nolan doing Nolan shit. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like I, still, the, it's still a good experience, even when that happens. The I, way I, I said that sentence was not what I meant for sure. There's just like a lot of very inconsistent directors. And I feel like he's usually consistently like yeah. putting out good movies. I would agree. There's would there's agree. some duds always, but he's no Denis Villeneuve, but he's great. I would agree. And uh and I really, really enjoyed Oppenheimer a lot. And it and it yeah. got me thinking a lot. It was uh like the first big like movie that I've seen in a long time that wasn't just like some franchise kind of thing. Um, I think probably since everything everywhere all at once, I was like, damn, this is like what I want movies to be just like a big story, like executed well, like no bullshit. And it just it's its own thing. And then there's that. And I loved it. For Yeah. So. All right. We got to jump in. To Secret Invasion. Are we not doing quick news? That's true. We do need to do quick news. <laughs> so wait, yeah, what? B- b- what before is, uh, we do a handbrake turn into something that couldn't be any less cinematic than <laughs> than Oppenheimer. What is it Let's... that Timothy uh, Chalamet says in in Wonka? Strike that, reverse it. Man, that movie is going to be so bad. I'm calling it right now. Oh, that is one of the worst trailers I've ever seen for a movie in my life. The tagline of how Willy became Wonka (laughs) is bad. And I love Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. All right. Let's jump into hyper news. Invincible, a comic created by Robert Kirkman of Walking Dead fame and many other things because he makes a lot of great comics. He shared a update about the live-action movie plans for Invincible. And he was talking to Screen Rant and said, with the strikes and everything, it's all stalled, and rightly so. Everybody's doing a great thing trying to make sure that the future generations get to be able to work and thrive and survive in this industry. Everything's been put on pause, but it's something that I know Universal is very invested in, and it's something we've been working on behind the scenes up to this point. Hopefully I'll be able to answer this question in a more answerable way at some point in the future. So, this, oh, hold on. I'm getting an update. I'm getting an update over the air. Uh-oh. The live action movie will be out before season two of the animated show. 
No, it's, it's going to be out. No, 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 no. no it's going to no. be out because that animated show is is not out for another seventeen years, I think. No, what are you? It's already it's done. They released the first like. I'm uh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it just took actually, so damn long. I don't think this is going to work long. as a movie. I really don't. No, it's. I mean, it's going to have to be like Passion of the Christ level gore. Uh, well, between which, that, it's just like it's, so episodic, though. You know. Yeah, yeah. There's like 160 issues of that comic, and they're all good. Yeah. Who are they going to get to act in that so that it's actually, you know, they can keep making movies? I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if it'll work, but, you know, go for it, I guess. I mean, we're still going to have the animated show. And I actually watched the first little bit of the Adam Eve special, and it's really good. It's still really good. It's it's a great story. Great yeah. story. I mean, I'll go see the live action movie. I just think it would be better sure. as like a super high budget show. If they took the money that they took for Secret Invasion and embezzled it somewhere and uh, actually put it into an Invincible show, I think it'd be great. Allegedly. It's all alleged. I'm just making jokes. Um, <laughs> don't come after me, Bob Iger. But speaking of Bob Iger, She-Hulk star Tatiana Maslany called out Bob Iger directly. So it looks like season oh. two of that show ain't happening. <laughs> she was talking to THR from the picket lines in New York City. She said, quote, I think he's completely out of touch. He's completely out of touch with the workers who make his shows happen, who make people watch these shows, who bring viewers to him and him money. Having worked on a Disney show, I know where people fall through the cracks and where people are taken advantage of. It's outrageous the amount of wealth that is not shared with the people who actually make the show, the cast, the crew, the writers. Yeah, not a single lie was told. I completely agree. Yep. Unfortunately, uh, She-Hulk, she died (laughs) in the MCU. (laughs) The next show, it's just going to like open up with a shot of her, her grave site. This is She-Hulk dead. (laughs) All right. We got a new poster. Teasing Miss Minutes return for Loki season two also features a bunch of different Loki variants. This show is announced to come out on October 6th. It will premiere mm-hmm. season two. We'll see. Can they keep up the quality? I have doubts. But we'll see. I don't know. We'll also yeah. feature the return of a certain actor. Yep. Jonathan Majors. Yeah, th- yeah. Well, I'm skeptical it's going to we're going to see this this year first of all. Oh no, I think but, they didn't have a release date out and then they put the release date out. So I think that's 100% locked in stone. That's <sighs> that's how I feel. We will see. We will see. Eric has doubts. Yeah, his doubts. Um Yeah, I think they need to put that out as a prerequisite to something i can't remember what people were talking about but deadpool. i would yeah it's probably definitely deadpool um but i would say that in terms of if they if they were thinking about pushing that back they wouldn't have put out the release date but you never know because i think things are in wild times so i think that's that's fair to have some skepticism yeah eric i got some good news for you okay no more adam driver mr fantastic Hey, so 
at one point in time, we actually had reported out, because this is what the news was reporting out, that they basically had locked down all of the Fantastic Four. So all of the scoopers, it was never officially announced, but basically they were saying that Adam Driver was going to be Mr. Fantastic. Margot Robbie was going to be Invisible Woman. Paul Mescal, Human Torch, David Diggs for the thing. Um, and now basically everything's been pushed back because of the strikes. Uh, but there was a scooper uh, called Jeff Snyder. He said Adam Driver was never really engaged when it comes to playing Reed Richards and he couldn't connect with the character on the page. And so I guess they're planning on doing some more rewrites, apparently, at some point. Obviously not right now. Um, and so I think it's all up in the air. I had also heard that Margot Robbie is now out as well. So who knows? Fantastic Four always seems to have trouble. Despite, I think, having a great fucking story. They have so much stuff to talk about and do. And I don't know. Yeah, I think probably the issue is... Most people who have engaged with Fantastic Four have done it through the past's very shitty movies. Um, so it's hard to like get away from that, I would imagine. Yep. But just cast Penn Badgley as uh as Mr. Fantastic, please. There that you would go. be fan that would be fantastic for the director. Oh, here we go. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Pause. Four. Um, the director of the movie is the guy that basically ran the show WandaVision. And so one of maybe three Disney Plus Marvel shows that I thought were good. Great. Even. Um, and so, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how he does. Yeah. But let's talk about Secret Invasion. Um Full spoilers. It's all out there. I have two follow-up quotes um, from the director. His name is Ali Salim. And he has a couple of of quotes here. And we're going to use these quotes as a basis of jumping in to what is the entire season slash series, maybe. We don't know. uh, But also episode six of Secret Invasion. The first comments were director Ali Salim's response to uh, negative reviews and reveals if season two is in the works. He was speaking with Variety, and he said, Oh, I don't read reviews. With all due respect, for me, I view all the storytelling work I do as a dialogue with an audience. When the show is finished, I put it up on the screen... That's my half of the dialogue, and the audience starts their half of the response to it. Well, that's pretty concerning that he doesn't seem to understand what a dialogue is. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. (laughs) You literally said you don't read them, and then you say you enter into a dialogue, and then you don't listen. Yeah. So that's... So That's I had to say that quote. Quite literally not a dialogue, but okay. Explains why the writing wasn't so good. Um, <laughs> and so he said, oh yeah, I would say it's a season finale. Who knows, right? I don't know anything about season oh, two. Okay. I think there are some great okay. threads that could be run down. But is there a season two? I have no. no idea. I have an idea. There's not. Pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. There's not. There's definitely not. 
So apparently, I didn't really realize this, but like they basically switched showrunners, and then like this guy kind of rewrote most of the show, and then they did four months of reshoots on it. And so I think that explains a lot of the inconsistencies and some storylines and just things not feeling cohesive. Once I read about that over the weekend, I was like, okay, that makes sense. There was basically two shows and they figured out in the cutting room how to make it into one. Never a good idea. Yeah. Um, Okay, so here's another one that uh, just rubbed me a special way. Uh, oh, ooh. director, not in the way I wanted. Uh, Secret Invasion director Ali Salim shares his take on how long Colonel Rhodes was a scroll. He says a lot of people have asked about definitively when did Rhodey dot 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 because his show didn't answer that question. He said, yeah. I think his legs not working in the end of the episode six and him being in the hospital gown sure. points yeah. to Captain America's Civil War. Which would yeah, mean, I mean that Rhodey doesn't know that Tony is dead. Oh, wow. I, okay. No, I, okay. I actually, I can get down with that because I can see that being a plot point in Armor Wars. Yeah, but that's some bullshit. Why? All the scenes in Infinity War and Endgame are not him. That's crazy. Him, yeah, like, but... almost dying while trying to hold up the Avengers compound as Thanos is attacking. Oh, I hate it. I, that, that doesn't bother me too much. That's fine. But it does. it didn't even click, like, that it would have to be post-paralyzation, uh, which does does make sense. Yeah, because, I mean, well, he spent, he spent, like, five years during the blip like hunting down people he was having like remember he was having those conversations with natasha very personal oh yeah see i just this is a retcon i cannot get behind but that's just me um but yeah it's not really definitive they don't really answer it in the actual show so what what any writer says whether it's ali salim or if it's uh you know what's his face from guardians of the galaxy um James Gunn, it doesn't matter if it's not in the movies and the next writer can just kind of do whatever they want. Just like the comics. Yep. Yep. Um, and so who knows? We'll see. I would say the chances of us never hearing about that ever again. Yeah, extremely high. high. Pretty high. <laughs> Pretty high. <laughs> extremely high. The chances we never see a scroll after the Marvel's movie ever again is extremely high. Yep. I would say so. So, episode six, titled Home, starts off really interesting. Oh, man. I don't know how I'm going to do this, Eric. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. Is... I hated this. Yeah, I don't... It, it, you, I, you're going to need to explain why, because this was exactly in line with every other episode of this show. See, in, because here's the thing. But with way, way way better cgi the only cg okay here's here's the things i liked the only cgi that was great and the only scroll i would say arguably that looked great ever was gravic i i would agree until he started doing the fights i'm not counting that because i think there was a lot of cgi stuff that was going on there that i wasn't jiving with but i think the look of gravic as an actual scroll 
I was like, that is the first scroll that looks legit. Yeah, agree. Um, I love Talos. I think he looks great, but like sometimes it's a little just clunky. He's the second best looking one. Um, and I also genuinely loved every scene with Sonya. If Sonya wasn't in this show, it would have been worthless to me. <laughs> she is just she is what Fury should have been genuinely because here here's the problem and i know um like that's kind of like your question about like why did this bother me so much i think i constantly was hoping that something would make it all make sense and it would kind of revive some of the other decisions that happened um and then obviously it just didn't happen so i think once i was able to see the full picture it it soured me more on the entire series as a whole because I just think it was very poor storytelling. Okay. It's just um without even stepping through it all, it just feels like Maria Hill died for no reason. Talos died for no reason. Um they they spend so much time with like Nick Fury and being like he wasn't the same since the blip and and all that and then like he didn't really like change besides getting his old clothes back and then he just kind of went back to the ship you know to where he came from there was no development yeah. whatsoever yeah. so he's still the same and well now he loves his wife when she's green yeah and and like that was like nice like like those moments were nice but like it was just way too much time was spent on it yeah, yeah. um talos died for absolutely no reason uh you know like i thought that, you... that like they were gonna show you know he was trying to help save the president and then the president is like this crazy xenophobic like dick at yeah. the end anyways what were you gonna say? Which was which was Fury's uh, initial reason for not? I mean, that kind of p- proved Fury right. Of like, here's why I can't just set you guys up with a place on Earth because right. humans are garbage bags. Um, Taylor should have been like, uh, "What about the Asgardians, man?" So I was, I actually was thinking about that, and it's because. They look like us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I do think that's Racist why. fucks. I do think that's exactly why. And it's like, uh, and it's like uh, when scrolls look like us, you, you, you know that underneath it, they're, they're just putting on, they're putting on human face. It's yeah. like, uh, it's, it's like. Uh, How dare you. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Guardians, the they just get naturally. Canceled yep, yep. For putting on human face. There would be no way for them to win. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I don't, I, I still, uh, oh, I, I don't disagree with anything you've said, but I would quibble with, did you even think about Talos even once before this series existed, though? Because I sure as fuck did. I liked Talos a lot, actually, in Captain Marvel. I, okay. I didn't expect to see him until, like, Captain Marvel 2 or anything, but I always liked him. It's just like in this show, he kind of felt like a like a wet noodle because they, they but like so did Nick Fury. I feel like this this show was was originally supposed to be like an untitled Nick Fury show. This show, to me, only damaged the reputation of Nick Fury. 
all all it did was ruin his entire character because basically what this show did was was say Nick Fury isn't a super awesome super spy. He just took advantage of a bunch of aliens that were without a home, used him for his his own benefit, and didn't give them anything in return. Well, just like somebody with unlimited governmental power would definitely do. Nick Fury would be my argument. Different. Nick Fury's yeah, but no, to be but awesome. nobody is. But nobody is though. He's just a he's just a man. I guess I just like expect like he he's just a We're man, just but normal like normal men. Yeah, just <laughs> what a, We're what just a, innocent men. You need to be in a you need to be in a, a very dramatic show, which <laughs> knights are talking. Um, he it's just like I feel like the one thing he had he may be a dick, but like at least he was like a super spy who thought things through. And, like, this show took that away. And then, like, the final... He doesn't even get a confrontation with Gravik. At all. Yeah, that's a good... That's actually a good point. And... I mean, okay, so... made a lot of good points. So here's what he does, okay? Basically, Gravik invites him to an, an irradiated nuclear place where people can't go. And then, like, he's this fake ass... His scrawl, you know, Gaia's fake ass Nick Fury's walking around coughing, you know. And so he gives Gaia a vial that contains everything. Let's let me let me list them out really quickly here because this is ridiculous. There's a little vial. <laughs> we got Ghost, Captain America, Corvus Glaive, Thanos, Thanos's Outriders, Proxima Midnight, Captain Marvel, Abomination, Mantis, Call Obsidian, Drax, Korg, Ebony Maw, a Frost Beast, Hulk, the Chitari, Valkyrie, Thor, Gamora, Colossus, and Winter Soldier. All of those together. And so he gives it to her. And his plan is that you're going to bring this, pretend you're me, and then when you give it to Gravik, He's definitely going to use it while you're both in the machine. That plan only works if they're both standing in their magic DNA machine together. And that makes no sense. Why? What what like why would you assume that like the machine is one capable of having two people in it? But two that like he would just be like, I'm gonna grab this and I'm just gonna Turn it on while we're both standing in it. Well, I think, I think, like, I, I, I agree it's silly. I don't think it's any sillier than any spy show or movie that has ever existed. I mean, they, they make ridiculous logical leaps. That's just, that's just the genre. And, so, and I feel like, I feel like if you're playing into Gravik's, like, ego of, like, yeah, he's going to think he won. He's going to be, sta- l- like, lauding over you. Just like, like, haha! You suck. I win. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna make your last moment seeing me gaining infinite power. I feel like that's not that's not a crazy thing to assume if you're Nick Fury and supposedly are like some super genius, super spy, really great at reading people. I, I would. I. I guess why wouldn't you just do a, a fake 
DNA thing. And then when you show up, then you guys can just fight mano y mano. No problem. You're still matched up the same. And then you don't risk the fact of giving over 20 people's superpowers to a megalomaniac. Yeah, that's fair. Seems like less risk, in my opinion. But then you also don't have the cool fight. True. You know, all the powers. Though I do, uh, you know, you get all these powers, right? Or all these abilities. First of all, I think it'd be really fucked up to have all those powers. And I don't... I don't know how that works with your brain, but it also discounts like almost every superhero origin story ever where they have to figure out how to use those powers. Right. You know, you just instantly are just like flying. You're instantly able to use like the magical uh, Ebony Maw powers. Like when, when you use Ebony Maw's DNA, you actually get his rings with, with his hand. It's part of the <laughs> it's part of the deal, you know. Yeah. Um, it was just I, uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. I would I could fully accept that there would be some element of like DNA memory though. Um, at the point when they collected this DNA, and I mean that's something that may or may not exist in like actual reality is like some form of rudimentary DNA memory. Um, so I could I could uh I could buy that, but. Still, I'm not like you're not saying anything like that I would consider to be crazy, but <laughs> I just I just in- interpret it as like this is just what these are now. And it's like <laughs> for, for, for better or for worse. And I thought I don't think it's it was any worse than the first five episodes of this or any worse than the last five Marvel shows. And and what I think saved Damn. it for for me was that, like I told you, this episode of this show had the best CGI of any episode of any Marvel show ever up to this point. Like the that I, I is think, a crazy statement. What's a better one? Name a better one. Name a better one. WandaVision. That's Loki, insane. That's insane. Hawkeye. Better CGI. Yeah. That's All I have insane. to do is see. I mean, that's just objectively wrong. That I, is, that's. Crazy. I just have to see Gaia with Drax's arm. That's all I but, need. Okay, but but like the the concept of that is silly, but yeah. the execution is like perfect. I, I mean, you, you couldn't have a better execution. That was movie quality execution. So I'm not necessarily talking about the ideas. Like the ideas are goofy, but the execution is like they're. In to my mind, because I spent a long time, because I knew we were going to talk about this, <laughs> and I was like, t- t- try to think of like a better example, and I don't have a single better example because in general, the CGI of all these shows is dog shit, uh, and this one was just like it looked like a movie. I mean, it was better; it was way better than the Flash. Not even close. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was I mean, way better than the Jesus. Flash. If that's our, that's our uh, barrier. <laughs> then yeah, they're all Oscar worthy. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I thought, graphic looked really good as just like a scrawl. Um, yep, yep. All my problems are basically with the execution and the writing of this entire show. I don't think I don't think the CGI really throughout the entire series was really a big problem for me. I will sure, always sure. let CGI go if it's if it's a good story that's like why jaws still works for me that shark is clearly just like 
someone using a remote controller for an RC car to move its head back and forth. But that movie's <laughs> so fucking good that it doesn't matter. And so, like, I'm like, obviously, there's the joke about Gaia with Rax's arm. There's no way outside of a cartoon to make that not look kind of dumb, in my well, opinion. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Gravik was the first good looking scroll, um, in my opinion. It's just yep. like everything else just fell apart for me. Uh, you know, like like last episode, we finally got Nick Fury suiting up, putting on his eye patch. He suited up to go walk into a hospital and just start <laughs> shooting guys. Yeah. yeah, and that was his big back to Fury <laughs> moment. Uh, uh, meanwhile, like Colonel Rhodes is doing the most character or uh, caricaturistic bad guy impersonation. I've ever seen. I've never seen someone try so obviously to be a bad guy where it's just like, <laughs> you got to nuke everybody. You got to nuke them. Uh, you know, it's why didn't Sonya just walk in and shoot him immediately? Yeah, I, I would expect that from her. Like there was really no benefit of talking it all through because the more time you give Rhodey scroll, the more risk you have. Unlike the other characters where she just will walk up and she'll fucking shoot you. She didn't need yep. to get information out of him. He was standing next to the president of the United States with a gun and he was a scroll. And so I was like, man, I'm surprised she didn't just shoot him right in the head immediately. But yeah, that was another one of those, those scenes where we just got like a point blank, like almost execution. It's kind of wild. <laughs> um, but yeah, I the think it was pretty brutal at points. Yeah. And I appreciated that stuff. I thought that that, yeah. that was fair, you know, because it, it showed the dark side of it all. Um, but yeah, like the last 10 minutes or so were like probably the most interesting part of the show where it finally got to like the president's like there's scrawls all over the place. Like we're going to kill them all. And then, like, there was, like, a bunch of people kind of, like, running around, like, killing people they thought were scrolls. Sometimes they weren't. Sometimes they were. And, you know, it's, like, the whole point of it all should have been it's a thriller because you don't know who to trust. Yep, yep. But we got none of that. It was a thriller with no thrill. Agreed. And I think because of the point of view that we had you know, where we're constantly, you know, looking from the scrolls point of view, it kind of broke that down. But then at the same time, I also thought of a really interesting story point that they avoided too, where at the very, very, very end, Nick Fury could never find them a planet. And then he's like, well, my scroll wife, let's go to Saber, which no one knows anything about still. It's just yeah. like a big, like, what, what the fuck is even Saber? I don't know. And he's like, I think we were able to negotiate peace with the Kree. And it's like, wait, what? Like, this is like in the last minute of the show. <laughs> what if Gravik found out that this entire time Nick Fury's been talking to the Kree and that's why he's even more mad at him? Like, that's like yeah. a great story element that you could have used. Instead, it was just kind of like, like that was definitely a reshoot shot where it's just like, Last last scene, hey, I've been talking to the Cree. Maybe we can figure something out, you know. Um, and so it was just frustrating because I just think there was definitely a great story there, and this just wasn't it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. This is, this is a missed opportunities, the television show, for sure. Yes. And now Gaia is the strongest being on planet Earth. I do wonder if there are limits. Like, um, in fact, I, I would almost bet there'd have to be. Like, there's no way, even though she used the Super Scroll machine, it's probably like, well, she doesn't get 100% of the power of all of those. There's got to be something like that, or else, like, just her body would fucking explode. Like, you It would all think. depends on the story you're trying to tell, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I would love to see Amelia Clark have a, a bigger role in the MCU, but also, I would bet... We're never going to see her again in a Marvel show. So, like... Yeah, there was that weird scene at the end where there was, like, all the people's bodies. And it's like, was that supposed to be telling that, like, Talos had been planning, like, some type of resistance? I don't... Who was in charge of all the Skrull bodies in that one room? I was so confused by that scene. I don't... I'm not even sure if I remember what scene you're talking about. So at the very end, after Sonya kind of recruits Gaia, and she just kind of goes with her, it was very nonchalant. <laughs> yep, um, yep. Like, I think, like, they, like, raid some building. And you know, like, the machines that hold, like, the humans while the scrolls are taking oh, their body? Oh, yeah! There was, yeah, like, yeah, hundreds yeah, yeah, of yeah. them. Yep, and it's like, yep, yep. what What was that? Yeah. I have no idea. Yes. I don't know. It was really interesting to me. Like, everything in the last five minutes, I was like, that's an interesting story point to set up. That was an interesting development. And then it, the show ended. <laughs> it yeah. just finally got interesting to me because it had some of that, like, what the fuck's going on? Who who are these people? Like, where are the scrolls actually at? Like, that's what's interesting about it. You know, it's... When you know everyone who's a scroll, and really the biggest twist was... It's just roadie, and that was, you know, if you sc- if you from... scrolls were around, and that was just like a neon sign on your chest. Yeah, um, it's just it was wild, just wild, um, very unfortunate. I, you know, I'll I'll save this for later. Actually, I'll save it for my rating. I have I have a comment. Oh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, don't know, know if I necessarily have too much even more to say about this. It's just like. Not too much happened. I mean, it was really just Gaia disguises Fury, confronts Gravik, Gravik, and so Fury and Gravik never really have their thing. They fight, and then she kind of killed him kind of easily. I mean, there was like, it was back and forth, back and forth, but I guess that battle to me, it was interesting to watch, but like the dynamics of it weren't, where it didn't feel like I really understood like, what's going to happen? Like, who's going to win? Because they both had every superpower. Yeah. I know at one point I was like, why aren't they flying yet? And then they started flying, and I was like, <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, it's just like, do you know how, like, sometimes when you're watching, like, a superhero fight, there's, like, the back and forth, and you're like, man, how are they going to get out of this? Like, how are they going to overcome it? I didn't really feel that in this fight. It was really just more of an interesting CGI, like, let's see them use different people's powers. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, And so the rest of it was just, like, Nick Fury in the hospital shooting dudes. Everyone's asking the Secret Service agents for guns and they're just giving them up. I feel like they wouldn't give up their guns as easy, but that doesn't matter. And then it was this like convincing 
the president that Rhodey was a scroll, and then they just end up shooting him anyways. And then there's the president's announcement. And there's like some talk with Fury and his wife. And then he just gets on that same spaceship and leaves. And then that was kind of it. Yeah, that is pretty much it. It was it was a pretty like short episode in terms of I think it was actually the shortest episode of all Marvel shows so far. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, of the hour length ones, I think. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. What is the I'm pretty sure I saw that. Marvel Disney Plus. Secret Invasion. I think it was only like 30 minutes or something, wasn't it? I can't remember. I'm I'm not sure. Let's see. Secret Invasion. Runtime. Longest episode, shortest episode. So there was, I guess, like the She-Hulk and the WandaVisions don't really count. Because they were they were shorter shows to begin with, they weren't supposed to be like the hour long. Yep. Um. So of the episode of the shows that were like six episodes that were supposed to be like kind of an hour block, um, that is the shortest episode. It was twenty nine minutes and thirty six seconds. Wow. The next shortest one, I think, is Miss Marvel. Had 32 minutes. Moon Knight was 40. Hawkeye was 33. Falcon and Winter Soldier's shortest episode was 41. <laughs> Damn. I didn't realize that all of them were that long. But yeah, it was a it was quick. And they did a lot at the end. It was like boom, 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 boom. Gotta get it in. But yeah. Yeah, they still they just continue to not nail the pacing of all of these shows. Yeah, I uh, I'm trying to think. We've rated all the shows together before. Um I think there's like 3 of them that I would consider great. I think. What's the third? I know WandaVision and Loki. I think it's Hawkeye for me. I really yeah. really yeah. enjoyed yeah. Hawkeye. Yeah. I thought okay, so like WandaVision great. Falcon and the Winter Soldier mid loki great um i don't consider what if part of this because it's not live action yeah hawkeye great moon knight uh bad miss marvel mid and she hawk was was just good do you think moon knight was worse than falcon and the winter soldier um i think if i went back and i watched them both i think i would like falcon and the winter soldier more just because even though i had issues with it um moon knight like didn't stick its landing at all and the story got weird but not in a good way and it didn't quite really add up for me at the end Um, okay whereas like the falcon and the winter soldier i just i just didn't really like the villain that much but i feel like the story of um what's the guy's name uh John Walker. Yeah, the John Walker US agent stuff was really good. There was like a lot of interesting pieces there. And I think if I watched them all just, you know, not week to week. When we watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that was the second show ever. You know what I mean? And so it's like the only the only thing we had before that was WandaVision to base it off of. And I just think Moon Knight, it's like one of those shows, just like this show, where there's like 
some good scenes in there, but overall it's kind of not good. You know, like as a whole, it's bad. But like there's like, man, his suit's fucking great. There was some cool like fight scenes in it. Uh, but like that doesn't make a show. You need like the writing to be there, the execution to be there. I would even say like with this show, there were some cool scenes in it for sure. I like seeing spy shit. I like seeing Nick Fury. That's awesome. I like the scrolls. I think the scrolls are fucking cool. But like, I don't think the show is good. Yeah. You know, you can't just pick out these little pieces and say, yeah, that was really cool. And that doesn't really hold up the rest of it. Um, like Miss Marvel, that was a disappointing thing there. It was like three of those episodes I thought were great. Three of them were bad. And so it's like, it sucks because Miss Marvel's super fucking cool. But like if half of your show is just kind of like, kind of, you know, wobbly and not quite really making sense, um, it takes it all down, which is, is tough. But yeah, I would say WandaVision, Loki, Hawkeye were great. I thought She-Hulk was, was really good. Not quite great, but really good still. Um, the rest just definitely, they struggle a bit. Yeah, it hasn't been a, a great run. No, it hasn't, you know, because right now, how many shows we got? We got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We're not even batting 500, man. Yeah. But, you know, we got a lot coming up still. We got Loki season two. We got that Echo show that's supposed to just, they're supposed to just release all of those episodes day one, I think, in, yeah. in November. Which, what does that mean? And, uh, you know, they're supposed to be doing an Ironheart show. Agatha Coven of Chaos. I don't know if that was a good idea. We got yeah, 18 yeah. episodes of Daredevil Born Again. Insane. We're supposed to get more What If. <laughs> um, you know, Vision Quest. Wonder Man. There's supposed to be some Wakanda show. You know, a Nova too show. It's just, it's just yeah. way too fucking many. A lot of this would be better served just being a movie. Yeah. But, you know, you got to have content for your streaming service. But then at the same time, I would say like Werewolf by Night. Like, I know you weren't a big fan of that, but like just as like a one off thing, I was like, that was a lot of fun. That's all I needed. It didn't need to be anything too crazy. I enjoyed it. Just yeah, one I think thing. I initially did not understand. And, and I think maybe I, I still don't understand the purpose of like those like shorts. Like just make I, I think just make it a full length movie. Just make like straight to streaming movies. That's what I think. I, like there's I think no that's need like for what, this like middle. I think that's what they were trying to do. How yeah, long was that I, one? Let's see. Special presentation. Yeah, it's like don't do. What does that mean? Just make a movie. So basically, it's it's a glorified TV. On Wikipedia, they call it a TV special. Yeah. Um, because the runtime of that one was was fifty like three fifty three okay. minutes. So. so they can't call it a movie because it's not quite long enough. But but at the same time, I don't think I would have wanted that. At ten more minutes. It just it was fine. It was as good. You know, I don't know who decides how long a movie needs to be. The internet, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's not, it's not working. No, no, it's not. 
I, you know, the, the shows that have worked have been great, though. And so I don't know if it's just a matter of, like, the wrong people. They're pushing too much. Uh, I don't know if there's interference or what. It's just been interesting because as time has gone on, I have gotten less excited about the shows because I'm so weary about them. Yeah, like, I can't imagine... Even Loki season two, I'm just bracing myself for it to just be so underwhelming. Just well, because yeah, every single one of these are of it, right? Well, you have yeah. you have you have the show expectations of just like all of the shows together, how we've been talking about. But then, like Loki was the best show, so yep. like season two, you're like, well, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of how I felt going into Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse where I'm like, I think this movie will disappoint me because I don't think it'll be as good as the first one, but then it was better. Yeah. And I don't think that happens very often. No. And Marvel's track record for these is not good. Yeah, sadly. But hey, I would love to be surprised. I think the overall aesthetic of Loki was the best in terms of CGI and set design and all of that. Like the TVA felt like a real place yep. and it kind of had that like tangible kind of vibe to it where it was different than something I'd ever seen before. Um, and so I love that. So hopefully they can keep it up, but it's a different uh, showrunner and a different writer. The person that wrote that was Michael Waldron the first time around. And he wrote one of your favorite movies, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh. He's supposed okay. to write Avengers Secret Wars. And it was also directed by a completely different person. And so it went from one director, Kate Heron, to now four. Oh. Yeah, that's probably doesn't bode super well. And the writer, the head writer of the show, does not have a Wikipedia page, which to me. Oh, boy. Are you even a person? Yeah. At that point. At least the head writer for Agatha Coven of Chaos is the same head writer for WandaVision. So, you know, at least you have something there. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. But we're about to head into even more interesting times where we had disruption from COVID. And now we're having disruption from lots of you know, strikes and inner studio turmoil and changes. And so can't quite catch a break and get back onto, you know, the happy path really. Yeah. I think entertainment in general is going to suck pretty bad for like a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like maybe five years. Yeah. I went, I, I'm not even kidding. When you said that, I was like probably five years. That was, I thought in my head. Yeah. Um, Dune 2 better come out soon. Yeah. But we'll see. We're all just cogs in the machine. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's rate this. We're going to do two things. We're going to rate the episode, and then we're going to rate the entire series slash season. We don't really know, but I'm going to assume just a series. So Yeah. As we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate shows, TV specials, special presentations, movies, Oppenheimer, maybe even, out of six whole unadulterated infinity stones. Eric, 
Let's do the episode first. What do you give this episode? I'm going to give this episode... Again, I, I rate this based on my enjoyment, not objective uh, goodness. But uh, but I, I'd probably give this one a four. Wow, yeah, that was like a very unsure four. Yeah, you you did I you did uh, the opposite of of what sometimes happens happen where I think you convinced me to lower it rather than wow. I apologized you into a, a higher rating. <laughs> I think you yeah, did. that you yeah it was kind of opposite, wasn't it? <laughs> um, unfortunately, this is a one for me. Oh my god! I just I I just uh, this episode is kind of. It's doing the Return of the King for me, where it's like Lord of the Rings Return of the King came out and won all the awards for all the previous movies together. This is kind of taking the brunt of of it all becoming a full circle vision. I just think uh, from, from a story perspective, it just didn't make sense. And it just, uh, it just fell really flat for me. I think the highlight was just the Super Skrull fight. And that was it. That was really the only thing kind of keeping me going. The rest of it, I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> it's, it's not. <laughs> it's just like the logic of it was just breaking in my head where it's like, I, I could have written a better show than this and I don't write shit. Um, And so, yeah, it was just rough, dude. It was it was rough. Okay, well, what is your rating for the series overall in that case? So I was going to say this earlier, but I waited, but. This is worse than the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for sure. That is crazy. You are crazy. Commit yourself. No, like I think See, I that think is absolutely. I think we need to go nuts. back and watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Because I'd rather I think stick this a knife worse. in my eyeball. This show, as a whole, gets a two. It is not good. It's not even mid for me. It is. It is not good. That I mean, that's fair. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier comment is just Looney Tunes. I stand by my statement. That it's crazy. You should you should watch that again, and then I am when going you dip to. out, when you dip out second or third episode, and you're reminded that that is the worst show that has ever been made, uh, then we can talk about it. I think uh, <laughs> I don't even know if that's my least favorite Marvel show. Now that I think about it. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, Moon Knight does it kind of rub me the wrong way too. Wow. I just like I love Moon Knight. That show just wasn't good. You know, there was a what what was the quote? Was it steak time? <laughs> steak time, gotta get some steak. <laughs> oh man. Like a a psychological thriller about Moon Knight with a bunch of weird mental health shit in there. Like that is my alley as well. <laughs> like between that and spy shit, that I eat that for breakfast, man. And I couldn't give a fuck about that show, even though his yeah. suit was unbelievable. It was so yeah, it was good. Really good. Oh man, it's rough, rough times. <laughs> uh, what do you got? What's the show getting? I so I would call this one uh, pretty mid. I wouldn't call it bad. Well. It's like to b- b- like the bad side of mid, I would say. But but I'd give it a three, three out of six. Um, See, so I'm not too crammed. It's one number away. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I'm much more offended by the accusation that this was worse than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, that uh, show fucking was so bad, it was crazy. I genuinely think I do need to rewatch it, though, just because of all the comments I see of people saying, like, oh, I rewatched this, like, just, like, kind of within a week, right? Not waiting. Yep, yep, yep. And it was probably a lot more coherent. Um, And so I've seen that so much, and obviously it's been so long one know. week since you looked at me yeah oh my god <laughs> chicken in china the chinese chicken um that show came out like over two years ago and so i might i might actually watch it but i won't okay come on let's indicate ourselves <laughs> but it's an easy sound bite to say because i hate this show it's not yeah. good no that's fair that's i don't fair. hate it it's just not good i literally wrote down on mine two not good. And then I wrote down for years three, bad side of mid. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It, you know, Nick Fury, it, it's pretty hard to make Samuel L. Jackson kind of boring. Yeah. I mean, I thought this, the one thing that I think this show had, one of a couple things I think this show had going for it, is I thought the acting across the board was really good it was like better than just good. yeah i don't have too many complaints about the acting um but yeah the the writing the writing was just really like first draft or really what i guess it was was we already shot most of a show and then i just rewrote it really quickly to kind of fit the pieces in you know maybe this guy is capable of writing good stuff i have i have no idea but it sounds like the whole situation was fucked from the start yeah, it's like they keep forcing through these shows that have had all of these issues and that's clearly not working and never has worked and never could work. So like why? Just why? I think maybe the closest they've ever gotten to that working if if it's comparable is Iron Man. That that somehow worked when they were writing it yeah. while yeah, filming. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's even different than like filming basically an entire show than rewriting it and doing reshoots. Those are not the same. Agreed. Thing. So agreed. Um, you know when you're spending still... that much money, I don't know how they spent that much money. I I really don't. Yeah. Like over two hundred million dollars. That's crazy. Yeah, that doesn't. Uh make any sense 212 that's like that's that's blockbuster movie budget you could also buy blockbuster the store because yeah. it doesn't exist anymore <laughs> but uh yeah i don't uh, know they could have made a really fucking great movie probably for that much and the cgi would have been yeah. even better 212 yeah. million dollars oh my gosh what was the budget of Doctor Strange, the first one? Let's I bet it's around that. Maybe lower. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe it's lower. But they, yeah, they've got 165 a- to 230 million. So this is wow. the same budget as as an MCU movie. Easy. Yeah, they got to figure this shit out. Like, it's not headed in a good direction, and it hasn't been for many years. Yeah, I think Hawkeye was the last time I was like every episode. I'm like, yeah, this is, I'm having a lot of fun. Can't wait for the next one. Yeah. You know, I'm just waiting waiting for my partner to get home so I can watch it. Totally not watching it before. 
Definitely not not doing that. Because that's the sign of a good show. If I want to like watch it the moment it comes out, that's that's what you want. And this I was like, fuck. Terrible. Yeah. Do better. Please do better. That is one of my recommendations, not all. But yeah, let's do recommendations. (laughs) Eric, what do you got? Um well go see Oppenheimer. That's a quick Hell one. Hell yeah. And Barbie too. And and Barbie. And Barbie. I've not seen Barbie yet, but I want to. I'm sure I will Misogynist. enjoy it. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh classic, classic uh Ken answer. Yep. Uh, um But no, I, I will say if you have a Nintendo Switch and you subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online, as I would assume the vast majority of Switch owners do. They just dropped two new games on the Game Boy. Um, it's no longer called a virtual console, but it's basically the, the you know, they, they have the apps, which is like the N64, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Game Boy, whatever, whatever. And uh, they dropped games on there as kind of like a streaming service. They just dropped The Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons, and Oracle of Ages um, just last week. Those games are classics, and I've been playing through Oracle of Seasons for the first time in many years, and it's still absolutely great. It's uh, one of the best 2D Zeldas, and I am having a great time with it. So if you're into that kind of thing, uh, especially if you like miss those games when they came out, give them a try, because they still hold up. I would say they still very much hold up. Um, I've been having a lot of fun. So Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons on the uh, Nintendo Online Game Boy app. Boom. Yeah. Love it. Um, I don't think I said this one last week, uh, but I read a book called Killers of the Flower Moon. Ooh. It is a nonfiction book, which is, which is a shocker for me. Um, I usually only read fiction books, but it read yeah. like a fiction book. It's unfortunately a true story, and it is going to be the next movie coming out, um, adapted by Martin Scorsese. Oh, um, it, it features Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio, a bunch of other famous people in it. Comes out this fall. This book was fucking crazy because it's a true story. And I will set it up and then just leave leave you with the rest of it because I highly recommend reading it because um, you weren't taught this in history class. Basically, in like the late 1800s um, into the early 1900s, the U.S. government was just like moving Native Americans around the country and, and taking their land. They would give them some land and then they'd be like, actually, now you only have half of it. Actually, we need you to go over here. And, you know, it was just a very terrible thing. And so they moved the Osage Indians in Oklahoma to this plot of land that nobody wanted to settle in because they considered it to be uh, like kind of infertile or, you know, there was rocks and all this stuff there. It was just like not good land, basically. But then there was a bunch of oil underneath that land. Oh. And so all of the members of the Osage tribe basically became millionaires. And they would get like just monthly checks for just obscene amounts of money because they were able to rent out this land. And uh, so what happened next? 
Well, they just started murdering them all. Wow. So, yeah, so like person by person, a bunch of these Native Americans just started getting killed or they die of suspicious circumstances. And that's kind of the basis of the book. Um, and it kind of goes into some of the history of how like the FBI got involved. Um, and so, yeah, really good book. I read this book so fucking fast. And that is always the sign for me. If I blaze through a book, if I'm reading like 100 pages a day, then like, man, I'm like in love with it. And so the movie for it uh, comes out. It's supposed to come out um, October. I think October 6th, the same day that Loki comes out, I believe. And it's going to be Martin Scorsese film. So it's going to be really good. Um, I think this one might be like a three hour movie to 206 minutes. Damn. Oh my God. So, I, I will say I've seen the trailer for this movie. Um, I, what's it called? I forget what it's called, but killers I, of the flower moon. It's oh, a, that's what the movie's called. Yeah. It's the same as the book. Okay. Okay. It is the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah the, the trailer looks good. Yeah. I mean, it has, so it has Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert Downey Jr., Lily Gladstone, Brendan Fraser, John Lithgow, Jesse Plemons, like this is a bunch of people. It just kind of keeps going down down the list of a bunch of Jack White is in it. Just randomly he's in it. Whoa. Uh very small part, but um yeah. It's it's just a crazy story, especially when you realize as you're reading, you're like, this shit happened. You realize yeah. how fucked it is. Um highly recommend it. Killers of the Flower Moon. Nice. All right. If you want to reach out to us, check out my X profile at Infinity Rewatch. <laughs> oh my god! I oh. the self-loathing I just felt saying that out loud. <laughs> this is the dumbest shit I've ever. Oh my god! My X profile, Jesus Christ! Why? Why it's, is this happening? Yeah. I don't understand. X.com. There it is. It works. Yep. Oh my gosh. Videos of me using my flashlight. I just, uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I just opened up. I mean, that's up, what it sounds like. I just opened up Twitter, and then the top trending thing in technology just says WTF is X. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Twitter at Infinity Rewatch. Email us at the Infinity Watch Podcast at gmail.com that is mm. gmail for those uninitiated yeah and uh when you do email us <laughs> you have to use a specific subject line sounds like tommy's working up to it fuck the billionaires <laughs> Fuck the billionaires. And to that I say good day. Yep.